Thanks everyone. Lovely being back with the Oilem over here. And we continue with Derech Hashem. <coughs> we are in Chelek <coughs> Sheni. Excuse me. Chelek Sheni. Um, first Perek. And we are in Simon Gimel. Okay, this is the last Simon in the first Perek. The first Perek of the second Chelek. And the name of the game over here, the topic has been Hashgacha Pratis. The topic over here has been Ashkacha Pratis. So before we go on, Altsvisim Nikim, I just want to let everyone know, in case anyone was wondering about this, and if you weren't, now you will be wondering about this, but uh, just to, uh, just to, to uh, hopefully allay everyone's current concerns, or would be concerns, um, those who are listening carefully may detect that I may be somewhat under the weather. That is true. Now, my kids had the flu last week. It went through my entire family last week, more or less. And I felt fine last week. This week, I didn't feel fine. Um, you know, there was a, everyone was hiding the flu was going around and uh, seemed to have made its way through the Reber house. Um, the schools here make everyone test routinely for, for COVID. So all my kids, we, we got all the results recently. All my kids were tested. They came back, Baruch Hashem, negative. Okay? So uh, I certainly was exposed to all my kids. They all came back negative. They were all sick last week. So it really looks like it really was just the flu and not uh, anything anything uh, worse than that, Chas Hashem. So I think we can safely assume that with me as well. Um, if my kids, if any one of my kids would have come back positive, um, I would have gotten for testing myself. But anyway, just to let everyone know, there are other sicknesses, other diseases out there, you know, Corona does not have a monopoly on, on illness, and uh, the flu is going around, but everyone should be good in the stark. I, I, I don't know what this is, the flu, or just a bad cold, or maybe a combination of both, but in any case, we should all be good in the stark, Rabbi Say. We should all be good in the stark, and let's continue over here. In Perik Rishon, Simon Gimel. We've been talking about Ashkacha. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Good to see you. Lovely to see you, Joseph. Stay safe over there and stay warm. Say happy aviating, Joseph. Okay, so um, we were talking about Ashgacha. Ashgacha, which we commonly throw another word into that, and we have a phrase that we call, and it's that term, we throw pratis, we call Ashgacha pratis. Divine providence, as we said, divine providence. And Ashgacha is a very big topic. Ashgacha, Ashgacha pratis, a very big topic. A very, 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 very broad sugya. And it's much more complex, much more detailed than, you know, how we commonly just reduce it to that phrase, Hashkacha Pratis, that translation, divine providence, and how we conceptualize that. <clears throat> and the biggest proof that it's much more complex than we think it is is that the Ramchal has an entire section devoted to Hashkacha, right? An entire section of the Sefer, Chelek Beis, which is actually longer than Chelek Aleph. It's the longest section of the Sefer, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe in fact be the longest one in the Sefer. Um, Chelek Beis is all about Hashgacha. And what have we seen so far in the first two simonim, the first two paragraphs in the first section of the second Chelek, of, of the Sefer where he talks about Hashgacha? We saw that being that everything in this creation, everything in the universe is there for a purpose, for a reason, it's there because it needs to be there. It's there because the Rebbeinu Shalalim has some plan for it. It has some involvement, something to do with Hashem's master plan. 
So Hashem is mashgiach on the system of how creation works to ensure its continuation, it, it, that, that, that it maintains its state of existence in the way that is needed and appropriate for Hashem's mass plan, meaning the system of creation is koiches going down, koiches going up, everything is about levels and levels and levels of koiches in the Ma'alachim, that are, that are the relay system between the levels of koiches, so everything that's down here, animal, mineral, and vegetable, flora, and fauna, and everything has koiches above it, and koiches above it, and koiches above it, and if something is down here, animal, mineral, or vegetable, it's here because it needs to be here, as was deemed appropriate and befitting by Hashem's master plan. Hashem wants to see that master plan come to its conclusion. So he is mashgiach. He ensures that, it, that, that Hashem is, is mashgiach, is paying attention to all the levels of the kaychas and the malachim have seen the kaychas to make sure that it, it remains where it's supposed to be. That's what we saw so far. And... Um, and we saw that Hashem is mashkiach nashas on the kaychas, Hashem is mashkiach on the malachim. Malachim that are in between the kaychas, malachim that are there to relay the energy, the power from kaych to kaych to kaych to kaych. We saw that the Ramchal describes hashkoch slightly differently when he's talking about the kaychas as when he's talking about the malachim. Hashkoch on the kaychas is make sure it maintains the state as is deemed appropriate by God, the way it's supposed to be. In terms of what it needs to be there for, and for, need, needs to be there for in terms of the overall universe, the Ashkach and the Malachim is to give them power, give them energy. The Malachim are the, the power system, the power lines that connect Kayach to Kayach to Kayach to Kayach. The Ashkach and the Malachim is Hashem is constantly supplying them with Kayach, with, with, with power. Again, what we call the Kayachas, what the Ramchal calls Kayachas is really, we would use that term for the Malachim. The Malachim seems to be Kayach to energy. Ramchal, his terminology is not the same as our terminology, but that's okay, as long as we remember that. The Malachim are the power lines, the power supply that goes from Kayach to Kayach. Sashkoch over there is Hashem is constantly, directly giving them power. Their power is really Hashem's power. And <clears throat> we asked a couple questions yesterday. And those questions were, at the end of the day, why is the system of Ashkoch still necessary? Why is it still necessary? Now, before that, someone asked after the year was over, so you do find the Rishayim, you find Gemaras talking about the Sar of this, the Sar of that. The Ayla was learning Chula now. There's Gemaras over there, the Pinchas Ben Yar. The Pinchas Ben Yar. Splitting rivers to cross them to go do mitzvahs, pigeon shvuyim, and all kinds of things like that. And he addresses the Sar of the river. And we have this concept, <clears throat> excuse me, Chazal as well, the Sar of this, the Sar of that. Um, who is that Sar in terms of, in terms of um, the system the Ramchal setting up for us, the Koiches and the Malachim? So in general, the Sar is the Koyach itself. A river down here has a counterpart up there. The counterpart of the river, every, every item in, in, in physical reality has a spiritual counterpart. That's why it exists in physical reality. There's only a Mississippi River over here, the Mississippi Mississippi is only down here because it has a spiritual counterpart. There's a spiritual kayak, uh, uh, something in spirituality called the Mississippi River, Delaware River, the Hudson River. <clears throat> All these things have spiritual counterparts. The counterpart is its kayak. So in general, when we have the sar, the spiritual agent that's behind what's down here, that, that is its kayak, its spiritual counterpart, twin sister, 
existence, which is connected to a kayak beneath it, beneath it, beneath it, beneath it, it ends up showing up as a actual physical river down here. So uh, uh, when, when um, we find... Say uh, uh, we find we find pious, pious, and righteous and holy addressing inanimate objects. So first of all, as the Rishon point out, they're addressing not the inanimate object; they're addressing the sar behind it. And very often, they're addressing the kayach. So there's a, a kayach up there called the, the the river, the river kayach, which shows up as a river down here, and that kayach is governed by a malach. And we tell that kayach ignore the malach. I override the malach. I'm countermanding the malach. You may have received orders from the Malach to flow. I'm giving you orders to stop flowing because I have, I'm on a mission from God. So that's very often when we, the Sar can be thought of as the Kech. It doesn't mean that you cannot override Teva when you're a Tanner or an Amoira by addressing the Malach. You could do that as well, and that would just look differently. It would sell the Malach. You know, the Malach is supposed to be giving power down to that Kech to allow that Kech to keep flowing. I tell the Malach, don't supply the river kayak with the power to flow, stop, halt in your tracks, don't supply it with, with the power. When I address the kayak, I'm telling the kayak to ignore the malach. When I address the malach, I'm telling the malach to ignore um, its instructions. How did the malach or the kayak or whatever respond? How is it allowed to respond? How is, he, how is he able to hear it, to discern it, if it's a spiritual thing? We know that spiritual... Yes, so this is why Helogat HaNoim and Amarim are able to do this through Shemus, through Ruch HaKodesh, through Seamus, what? Not a conversation. Not, a, not, not a, like if we were there, we wouldn't have heard the conversation. Right. So that is a conversation that's going on on a level of uh, Seamus, on a level of uh, uh, some upper level between the the Amayra uh, and the Kayak behind the river. It's not happening down here. How does, how does that work? If, uh, we know that we can't, uh, if what? We know that that, that we cannot. Discern malachim and, and spiritual entities in, in the physical world. Right. So again, it's happening through Seamus, through Seamus, through Seamus Kedoshim. Uh, it's happening up there, not happening down here. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, kind of, we were there, we wouldn't hear a conversation. We wouldn't hear what he was saying, we wouldn't hear what the river was saying. Something that's happening up there through Seamus, through Kavanas, which uh, you down here does have access to that. You're the low. Ruach HaKadosh, that kind of thing, yeah. But as a result of those conversations up there or between here and there, the physical stuff's happening on earth. Sure. Like, it starts up there. He's <laughs> addressing a Kayach up there, telling the Kayach of the Kayach behind the river, ignore what the Malach is telling you, ignore that power that the Malach is, uh, Malach is instructing you to flow, ignore it. I tell the, 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 the Kayach to ignore it. Sure now, if the kayak ignores it, then boom, 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 and then by the time it comes down here, the river tax stops flowing. Um, could be, could be, if we, yeah, yeah, if it was, yeah, yeah. Quite possibly, the, 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 if it was Yeshua Ben Nun doing it and not the Rebbeinu himself doing it. There are indications that perhaps it was Klai, it was Klai so they're not doing it, not, not the Rebbeinu doing it. Yeah, there are, there's a, Chaskal Bramsky actually says that. Chaskal Bramsky asks, um, by Kriyas Yamsuf, which is coming up next week, is the, didn't see, didn't split until Nachshim ben Aminadav walked in, he was about to drown. But by the Yardin with Yeshua's, yes, if I was bringing up. No, nobody walked in. They did, they did. 
<coughs> toes. It says, when the toes got in the river, the river stopped flowing, the river's going up. Right? That's all they needed to do. So, uh, what's the difference? By Kriyas Yamsuf, he didn't actually have to be at the point of drowning. No, not depth level. What, 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 what is the difference? The difference is that Aminata was on such a higher spiritual level. But he's the one that almost drowned. Yeah, but he was such, such a dedicated person on such a level that he didn't care if he went up his nostrils. He believed that him and Father Sarah will be saved. So he just plowed. And uh, Hashem knew that Aminata will, will go there. While during Yeshua Benon, the spiritual level was probably not as high, and it will require only the toe because Hashem was, so to speak, afraid that uh-huh. he, he, if he will force people to go <coughs> deeper, they will not, they will turn around. I hear. Okay, that's an interesting thought. It's a nice idea. No, it is. It's not what I was about to say in the name of Rebchaz Klabramsky. Rebchaz Klabramsky actually says the opposite. So yeah, not that you're not allowed to say that. You're allowed to say your own shout too. Chaz Glabramski says, what's the difference? <coughs> Why? He looks at the other way around. He says, look, the way he looks at it by the Amsuf, the wind split until they were almost about to drain. They had to go in. The uh, Yerushim had to do more. That's how he looks at it. Kosh Baruch Hu had to, you know, let the Jews do the most they could possibly do. And, and then a Kosh Baruch Hu had to split the sea for them. Whereas by the Yardane, all they needed to do is get their toes in and, and the sea splits. What's the difference? He says, this is by the Yardane, by the Yamsuf, we're talking about a Klai Yisrael before Matan Torah. By the Arden, we're talking about a Klai Yisrael after Matan Torah. And that's all the difference. After Matan Torah, we have the power to change reality, to address Kaychas, to address Malachim. He doesn't t- take it in terms of the Kaychas and the Malachim, but I'm putting that in to, um, because you said, to answer your question, you want to be, I don't know, <clears throat> you want to make sure you're consistent with what you said earlier. If we're talking about um, Yeshua ben Nun and Kleisel being able to pull this off, so that goes very nicely together with what Rebchatz Klabramski says, which is that they needed much less to split the Yardane, because now you're talking about a Kleisel that's connected, that has the power to change reality, to address Kleichas, like Rebchatz ben Yar, all they do is put their toes in, <coughs> they're much more powerful now. That, that, okay, but I don't want to get too much into that, but that's a nice idea, right? That's an, yeah, okay, good. Got that? Everyone got that? Kleisel after Matan Tairos can do much more than they could do before Matan Tairos. But anyway, let's let's get back to this, the, the Ramchal. So, so yeah, the, the, uh, very often it means we're addressing the Kayach. And if, if you're Rapinchas Ben Yar, the Sar is, is, is that spiritual representative um, that results in a river down here. And he tells the, the river, the spiritual river, I know the Malach is trying to tell you to flow. Ignore the Malach. I, I, I have orders from Gan. And that's the whole, that, that gives such a nice um, new outlook and approach to that Gemara. The whole Vikuach there between Rapinachas Banyar and the Sar, uh, the, the river, is, is, is good for this. You know, the Malach is telling him one thing. The Malach is coming <laughs> with, with, with instructions and kaychas. You know, and you, you're trying to change the whole nature of that. Rabbi Chazanir says, yes, I'm trying to change the nature of that. Because I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming with, 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 um, with, with, with my instructions and with, with my mission. That actually is going to tie in very nicely to what we're about to see this morning, hopefully. Um, yeah, so we had a couple questions. One question was, is at the end of the day, why does the Rebbe need to maintain the system of Kaychas? L'chair, they are wound up perfectly, and they should work like clockwork. 
what, what, what does it mean? Yes, of course, everything down here needs to be just so, and everything needs to be in its um, appropriate fashion as Hashem ordained. <clears throat> Why is it that Hashem has to be mashkiach, has to have hashgacha, to, you know, keep, keep an eye on the system to make sure it stays that way? What would happen if Hashem doesn't do uh, isn't mashkiach? What's going what's gonna to throw the system out of whack? Well, what's the problem? You have the kaychas and the malachim, the kaychas and the malachim, the kaychas and the malachim. Kaych to kaych to kaych to kaych. Everything is working just fine and perfectly. What's going to happen if Hashem is not mashkiach? We know why. Remchal tells why is mashkiach. What's going to happen if it's not mashkiach? The second question we asked was, so Remchal tells everything down here is here for a purpose, and everything down here is here for a reason. And everything down here, Hashem is mashkiach over to make sure it stays the way it's supposed to be. And we asked a question. So, does that mean for all the quadrillions of particles of sand and the trillions of stars in, 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 in the sky, and the trillions of trees in, 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 on the planet, and the quadrillions of leaves that are on those trillions of trees, Hashem needs every single one. Hashem is mashkiach on every single one. Every microorganism, every little aphid and ant and bug, that's on every single one of those quadrillions of leaves that are on those trillions of trees that are on the face of this planet. Hashem is mashkiachan? Maybe. Maybe. It's not that Hashem can't. There's nothing Hashem can't do. And Hashem is, Hashem is you know, pretty amazing, right? My question is not can. I hope, I hope no, one's, no, no one's misunderstanding me. Of course Hashem can. But is he? Really? In other words, the flip side of the question, as we pointed out yesterday, was <clears throat> if Hashem is mashkiach and every single particle and grain of sand, it means every single particle and grain of sand is necessary for Hashem's plan. It means if one particle of sand would be would to be removed, Haman HaRasha! Haman HaRasha comes and he wants to mess up Hashem's plan. He's going to start stealing grains of sand. Haman HaRasha is going to mess up, mess up Hashem's master plan by taking a few of those quadrillion grains of sands away. Go out, he's going to go to a forest where no one's looking at it. Ha, Hashem doesn't see me over here, right? In the middle of the, 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 the Amazon. You know, no one's there. Unexplored region. In the Himalayan, um, Himalayan forest? I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere where no man has ever set foot. The Siberian tundra. But no one's ever been there. The others, Siberia's pretty big, right? Right, Yosefari? It's huge. It's huge. You guys ever seen Russia on the map? It's huge. They have much more space than they know what to do with. That's why they put all those uh, ICBMs over there. Because what else are they going to do with all that space, right? So you find a, a forest in the side, in the frozen wasteland, the Siberian tundra, and Haman Russia sneaks in, looks around, no one's watching him, and he pulls off a leaf. So now he messed up Hashem's plan because there's one less leaf in the world. It could be. It could be. It's hard for us to process that, right? Hard to process that. Hard to understand that. Again, maybe Hashem's plan is so vast and so amazing and so wonderful that our puny minds can't understand that every single grain of sand is important and every single leaf is important. But there's a question that should bother us. We're allowed to ask this. We should ask this. And with this, uh, with these mean? two questions, let's continue and see Gimel. Well, let, let, let's just maybe see Gimel, okay? Let's see Gimel. Is that okay? <clears throat> All right. Let's see Gimel because we're building up to Gimel. And I'll try to put everything together. There's Ramcha. V'amnam. Being that, so, so far we talked about everything that is in creation and it has a purpose in creation, animal, mineral, and vegetable, and Hashem needs it all there for His plan. Hashem is mashkiach on the kaiches to make sure it stays there. Hashem is mashkiach on the malachim to make sure their power is maintained. However, there's another type of creation down here 
that is exceptional, is unique, and is different than all the other creations. And that is Minhal Anushi. That's mankind, man. And he's different than all other species. And again, by Minha Anushi, generally, when we say mankind, we mean Klai Yisrael kind. Shenitna Loya Bechira. Man has been given Bechira. Again, we do, Gaim do have Bechira. Gaim definitely do have Bechira. The Bechira is not as uh, powerful, it's not, it's not as it's qualitatively a different type of Bechira. Shenitna Loya Bechira. Man has been given bechira, free will, and free choice, and the ability to acquire shlemus, perfection, to make himself godlike, godly, to emulate Hashem himself, or to make himself flawed and ungodlike. As we've explained in the first section, from this aspect, from this regard, Man is unique, and A, he has Bechir, and B, as a result of that Bechir, he affects the universe, he's not just affected by the universe, he affects the universe. And that's between man and everything else. Everything, nothing else affects the universe, as we saw. Nothing else has Bechir. Animals can't affect the universe. Animals are always being affected. They are the result of what's going on in the Kaychus. Man affects the Kaychus. He sends movement up. So if that's the case, the man has Bechir, and his actions affect the Bria differently than the actions of of animals, of, of everything else. The hashkocha on man has to be a different kind of hashkocha. Man's hashkocha is a different hashkocha. What do we say till now? <clears throat> till now, the hashkocha on everything else in existence is just to maintain, make sure that, that, it, that it maintains its state of affairs as is uh, within the Ratzon Hashem. That's Hashkoch and everything else. Hashkoch Amen has to be different. Hine. Yitzhak Lashkiach Ula Hashkif Al Prate Maisov. Hashkoch Amen has to be not just ensuring that his continue that his that his existence contain maintains itself and sustains itself, but we have to be Mashkiach on his actions. Pay attention to what he's doing. We got to pay attention to what he's actually doing. Lashkiach Ula Hashkif Al Prate Maisov. What he's doing and what he's doing in great detail. In order to provide him and repay him and reciprocate to him exactly what he is doing. What he is doing has to be met in kind with response and reaction from Hashem. It comes out <clears throat> that there has to be hashkocha on man, his actions, and the resulting products, the effects of his actions. The yoshuv v'yushkach olav kafi haroi l'toldois ha'maizam ahim befrat. And then the hashkocha, in, the, in turn, has to take that a step further and figure out how to be mashkiach over him and make sure that he gets what he's supposed to be getting. He receives the response that's the appropriate response to the actions that Hashem was already mashkiach over. Umida kenegemida, which is a system that we refer to as mida kenegemida, kumayshe kosafnu lefnim, as we will explain further in the Sefer. Who's that? Mimasha ein shaykh b'shamin aminim. This is something you do not find by any other type of item in existence in reality. Shishem nifalim v'loi payalim. Everything else in reality is only affected and doesn't affect, is only the 
<clears throat> receiving end of actions and not the catalytic end of reaction of actions. It's only the effect, not the cause. Not causative, only effective. E- effected. When Hashem is mashkiach over everything else out there, which is not human being, the hashkacha, this is one of the most important lines in the Sefer, I pay close, 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 close attention to what we just read. The hashkacha of minim that are not mankind, the hashkacha of minim that are not people who have bechira, is hashkacha of what? is solely, entirely, and exclusively about making sure it maintains its existence according to how it should exist, based on its shayrish, based on its the highest level of its reality, its highest point, and that means, that means the first level kayach. Everything in existence has a top-level kayach, a bottom-level kayach, and then a physical existence and everything in between. So anything up there that's not a Babach, anything down here that's not a Babachira has the primal Kayach, a primary Kayach up there. And that primary Kayach represents how Hashem really wants the system to work, how He wants the system to really be balanced. And Hashkacha on anything that doesn't have Bechira is all about ensuring, A, that that, that entity should continue to exist, B, according to its Shoirish, according to its Shoirish according to its primary state of existence. That's where Ashkocha shows up over there. Again, Ashkocha on items and objects that are not Balei Bechira is to maintain the Shoirish, the primary level of existence, and how that shows up down here in Memelo. It's resulting effects by the time it goes through all those innumerable myriad levels of kaychas, al-gabi kaychas, al-gabi kaychas, and comes down to here, how it shows up over here in reality, the anavav, that's what the hashgach is. According to, <clears throat> how they show up down here, based on how that its primary level of existence, its, 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 its um, elemental and primordial level of existence is set up. How it looks like down here is based on how it is set up up there. Now Hashem is mashkiach over anything that doesn't have Bechir in such a way to make sure that it is going to continue to exist down here according to how its shoirish is set up up there. That is hashgacha when it comes to items that don't have Bechir. Avul hamin anushi when it comes to mankind, however, hashgacha works radically different. Again, hashkacha <coughs> changes, the entire game changes when you're talking about something that has Bechira. Abba Aminu Anushi. You're talking about mankind. She'ishav payalem umanim k'mayshu kasavnu. That the members of mankind, uh, and that's now, again, Klai Yisrael. We are not just affected by the system. We're not the, the effects of whatever happens up there, but we affect the system. We direct the system. Our actions are steering the system, are sending movement up to the kaychas. We have the man has to have a specific type of hashgacha. We have to have a, hash, a specific type of hashgacha, each and every one of us, based on what we are deserving of as a result of our actions, and based on 
those actions that we need to perform, in exact measure detail, with precision, not more, not less. We will expand upon this later in the Sefer with Hashem's help, period. Okay, this, Rabbi Yisai, is one of the most Yisaitistic paragraphs in the entire Sefer, and, and we, have, we haven't said that in at least a week. Okay? That's true, we haven't said that in at least a week. This is one of the most fundamental paragraphs in the entire Sefer. Here lies the key to understanding Hashkacha, and not just Hashkacha, Hashkacha Pratis, and what Hashkacha Pratis really, really means. And it is late, We're, we haven't yet hit the 30-minute mark over here, and we could stop here and elaborate on this tomorrow, or we could elaborate on this today. There's a lot of myth-busting that we have to do, a lot of clarification of things that are very not clear out there, a, a, a lot of illumination where things are muddy and murky, concepts like Hashkach and Hashkach Pratis, and this is the place to do it, using the Ramchal as our guide. Should we do it right now? Should we take another couple minutes and do it right now? Sure. Okay, let's go for it. First of all, if we were paying close attention, the Ramchal just slipped in there, the, the first place where we can actually find this term that we use, which is Hashkach Pratis. He actually threw it out right there at the end of the paragraph. He said, Anushi, three lines, the last three lines. Mankind, which is Klai Yisrael, he's telling us there's two different types of hashkacha, the hashkacha for anything that's not a babachir, hashkacha that is a babachira. The members of Klai Yisrael affect the Bria. Their decisions create differences. They have to have a hashkacha befrat specifically. That's hashkacha pratis. He just said it. Yushkuchu befrat. Okay, so he did mention it. He threw it out there. And there lies the source and, and, and the mocker for the idea of Ashkacha Pratis. To understand what Ashkacha Pratis is, we just have to take a step back and understand what the Ramchal just did this paragraph and try to first understand the answers to all of our questions that we have, these, these unanswered questions from yesterday and from today, and try to use that as a way of going back in and understanding, you know, what the Ramchal's Mahalach over here in Ashkacha is. So what is the Ramchal's Mahalach in Hashkacha? So first of all, we see that when it comes to Hashkacha, there are two types of categories with Hashkacha, the Hashkacha for the Yosham. There's two systems of Hashkacha, two types of Hashkacha, depending on who you are. There's Hashkacha if you are animal, mineral, or vegetable, and there's a Hashkacha if you are a Baal Bechiro. Two different types of Hashkacha. Animal, mineral, or vegetable gets one Hashkacha, a Baal Bechiro gets a different type of Hashkacha. What's the difference between those two types of Hashkacha? The Ramchal is very clear. The Ashkach is determining, the Ashkach, the first difference in Ashkach is, where are we being mashkiach? What is Hashem being mashkiach on? Mashkiach means Hashem's paying attention, right? Hashem's looking at something. What's Hashem looking at? Is Hashem looking at your state of existence only? Or is Hashem paying attention to what you're actually doing? Is Hashem on top of what you're doing? Animal, mineral, vegetable, Hashem is not looking at what you're doing. Hashem doesn't care about what you're doing. Hashem is not interested in what you're doing. Animal, mineral, or vegetable, if you're not a Baal Hashem is just checking in. Do you still exist? Yes. Great. That's all I want to know, if you're still in existence. What degree of existence? Maybe Hashem is checking in on that as well. You know, how endangered is this species? The, um, the uh, silver-backed chipmunk. The silverback chipmunk, which may be an endangered species. So, uh, why do Rebbeinu make silverback chipmunks? Because uh, Hashem needs them for some, 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 somehow. Part of Hashem's master plan includes has a need for silverback chipmunks. Okay, 
So Hashem needs them in the Bria. Why? I don't know why. But Hashem, if Hashem didn't need them, they wouldn't be here. So Hashem checks in. Silverback chipmunks. They still exist, yes. Maybe Hashem needs them this much, or this much, or this much. They, they should be dying yet. They shouldn't be dying yet. So they're dying yet. So Hashem, so they're dying yet. I, I can't have them dying yet. So Hashem adjusts the system, turns the gears and the wheels a little bit. Okay, they're not dying yet anymore. Great. That's Hashgach on silverback chipmunks. Hashem checks in. Are they still rammed? And they're still rammed to the degree that I need them. Is there Hashgach on what they're doing? On what they're doing? On their actions? No, not at all. Their, their specific actions, their specific condition, their specific state of affairs, no Hashgach at all. The Hashgach is only on are they still around? And are they still around to the degree that I need them to be around? They have no Bechira, that means that they have no choice in what they're doing. Doesn't that mean that something is pushing them to do something in a certain way? Or yes, it does, yes. That's the Kaychus? What? We'll see. We'll get there momentarily. Yeah, that is the Kaychus. We'll get to that in a second. Now, we, we, uh, as, as Rabita is pointing out, you, you know, you look, you look at silverback chipmunks, you see they are doing things. They forage, they fight, they store food, they... What? They feed the owls. They feed the owls. They feed the owls. <laughs> They're doing all kinds of things. They are doing lots and lots and lots of things. But Hashem is not mashkiach on that. So what, what's, where, where's that coming from then? We'll get there in a moment. Where, where, where are all those actions coming from? They certainly are doing lots of actions. That's true. But there's no hashkoch over there. Hashkoch on a Baal Bechiro. When you're a Baal Bechiro, the whole game changes. And Hashkoch is a different Hashkoch. If you're a Baal Bechiro, Hashem is mashkiach on your Bechiro. That's essentially what the Ramchal is saying. Your Bechira affects the system. Your Bechira directs the entire sense movements up, which come back down again. Your Bechira is now important to the system. Your Bechira affects the system. Your Bechira is something that Hashem is mashkiach as well. Hashem is mashkiach on your Bechira. And that creates, now the dominoes all start to cascade and knock one another down in rapid succession right now. Everything happens very quickly at this point. If you're a Baal Bechira, and your Bechira, therefore, affects the Brio, your Bechira is important to Hashem. If it's important Hashem, Hashem is Mashkiach on your Bechira. Your Bechira is different than everyone else's Bechira. That means Hashem is Mashkiach on your Bechira individually, specifically, differently than everyone else's Bechira. And that means you have Hashkacha individualized in an individual fashion that no one else gets. And that is Hashkacha Pratis. Hashem is looking at you specifically not as a member of, you know, the community, a member of the human race, a member of Klaistro, but you as you. Hashem is looking at your specific actions, specifically individually, separate from that guy. Now Hashem looks at his actions as well, separate from you, and his actions separate from you, and his actions separate from you. That is Hashkacha Pratis. Hashkacha Pratis means Hashem is paying attention, tracking, and monitoring you specifically, individually, personally. Your actions, what, what's going to happen as a result of those actions, what needs to happen to you as a result of those actions, and finally, ensuring that you have the ability to make those actions, to, 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 to employ Bechira. Hashkacha Pratis starts <clears throat> with the fact that you have Bechira and ends with the fact that you have Bechira. And that triggers a whole slew of specifics in the hashkacha that you have, and it all centers around the idea of your Bechir and how your Bechir affects the universe. So again, let's, let's go through that, what that means. A person, a human being, being that you have Bechir, that means you affect the universe, and that's what the universe is here for, and that's what you're here for. You're here to affect the universe. The universe is here to be affected by you, as we saw in the first Chalik. Hashkacha means ensuring, A, that at all times, 
the Bechira that you need to be able to implement, you're still able to implement. It means setting up Nisyonus for you. That's part of Hashkacha Pratis because we want your Bechira. Your Bechira is only meaningful when you have two opposite choices. So Hashkacha Pratis is setting up the Bechira for you. That's also part of Hashkacha Pratis. Giving you a challenge. So that's a Hashkacha Pratis. Then, tracking what your Bechir is going to be. Akkadosh Baruch Hu pays attention to your Bechir. Every aspect, he said, Befrat. Every aspect of your decision, you know, where were you holding that day in, in your life? What were you thinking? What could you have been thinking? What should you have been thinking? That's also part of the Hashgacha, is paying attention to your Bechira, and then figuring out what we're going to have to do with you as a result of your Bechira. Are you going to get reward? Are you going to get punishment? Are we going to do this with your Bechira, that with your Bechira? Are we going to wait? Are we going to be patient as a result of your Bechira? Are we going to act immediately upon your Bechira? That's all Hashgacha Pratis. And the difference between a Baal Bechira and someone who doesn't have a Bechira is, are we looking at you specifically? Are we looking at your actions specifically? If you're not a Baal Bechira, if you're animal, mineral, or vegetable, the Rebosh is not looking at your actions Bechlal. doesn't care about your actions. He's not looking at the individual Bechlal because individualization goes together with Bechira. If you have Bechira, you're an individual. If you don't have Bechira, you're not an individual. So when we talk about the silverback chipmunks again, the Rebbeim needs silverback chipmunks in, in in creation. He needs them; otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Every single chipmunk interests Hakadosh Baruch Hu. No, no. Every single action of every single chipmunk interests the Rebbeim. No, Hashem doesn't care about them. Hashem doesn't care about their actions. Hashem's not interested in their actions. Bichlal. They're here so that we should have a concept called silverback 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 chipmunks in the world. Do they have bechir? They're not bechir bichlal. Everything we see is a result of movement and energy coming down on them from above. That's what well, all you see all is busyness and movement and activity and hunting and foraging and reproducing. It's all coming down on them. They're, they're, they're not involved in that. They're not involved in the Rebbein is not mashkiach over any of those specific actions or certainly not none of those specific chipmunks. Shem is just mashkiach in such a way to make sure there's still chipmunks in the world and the Remchal said that he is mashkiach to make sure that what? Make sure just to make sure there's still the shoyrish of silver black chipmunks is out there. So what, what, where is all this coming from? You see so much movement and activity all over the place. That is the effect of the kayach. Their kayach is set up in such a way that the kayach of silver chipmunks, silver black chipmunks is set up in such a way that when it gets projected down here, it will produce reproduction uh, 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 drives and foraging and eating and, and, and tunneling and everything that they do it's like a program, a vast computer program that every single one of these kayaches has. When it shows up in here, it's working according to that program. That's already been programmed in. And that goes back to the highest, to the high, to above, successively higher levels of kayaches until it goes, the highest kayach is where the ultimate program is of how silverback chipmunks operate. And that's where the Rosh Hashanah is. We have to make sure that that, that, that that sticks around. That is the sum total of Hashkacha on the world outside of Bali Bechira, and that's what we call Hashkacha Klalis. Remchal didn't yet use that term. We saw that he alluded to a term Hashkacha Pratis. He didn't say it like that. He said, Yushkachu Bifrat. Mankind has Hashkacha Pratis, we call it. And, and the term that's always thrown out there is that anything outside of man has Hashkacha Klalis, general Hashkacha. But we understand that with a, with, 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 hopefully with the Klorkite, what Hashkacha Klalis is. Hashkacha Klalis is just maintaining the existence of that species how is that species going to operate? Hashem leaves that up to the kaychas. The kaychas are wired in such a way to allow those programs to run. But specifically, any specific 
Chipmunk, what it's specifically doing, is Rabbi Yisrael Mashgiach over there? Is he paying attention to that? No, he's not. Not at all. Not at all because he doesn't care about it. It doesn't interest him. Let's take that one more step, Rabbi Yisrael. Let's take that one more step. Um, there's really two more steps. The, the second step we're going to say for tomorrow. There's only so much we can squeeze in today. Let's take that one more step for now. That means... If you take away, let's go back to our question earlier. You take away one leaf, one of the one of the quadrillions of leaves that are there on the trillions of trees that are on the face of the planet. Is that going to mess up Hashem's plan? You take away one of those numeral quadrillions of grains of sand. Is that everything that's in existence is there because it has something to do with Hashem's plan? <coughs> one grain of sand. Are you messing up the equilibrium of Hashem's plan? Whoa! Oh my gosh! You shouldn't have done that. You squash one ant just because you're bored. Just mess up Hashem's plan? Of course not. Of course not. Hashem doesn't care about that ant, this grain of sand, that leaf. Hashem's not, not mashgiach over there. There's no hashgacha over there. Hashem doesn't care about it. Nothing to do with the Hashem's plan. It, that one ant is the result of a kayach that, that, that controls ants. And when you have a kayach that controls ants, that's going to produce millions of colonies of ants with, with billions of ants. And that's one of the billions of ants that's from millions of colonies of ants that comes from the kayach. Hashem doesn't care that you did that. It doesn't mess up the Rebbe Hashem's plan. It has nothing to do with Hashem's plan. If you would come, come up with a poison that would kill all of the ants on planet Earth, Hashem might try to stop you from doing that because Hashem needs ants. That one particular ant, there's no ashkocha on that ant because that one ant is not important to Hashem's plan. So the answer to our question is, will it destroy Hashem's plan? When you take away one grain of sand, one leaf? No, it won't. Hashem's not mashkiach over there. Does that mean that Hashem is not aware of what's going on with that grain of sand? Does that mean that Hashem is not aware of what's going on with that leaf? Does that mean that Hashem is not aware of what's going on with that one out of billions and billions of ants? Hashem is not aware that you did that? Of course Hashem is aware. Hashem is, is Yodeh HaKol. Hashem knows everything. Hashem doesn't care. Hashem is not interested in that. Hashem is not mashkiach over there. Hashem is not going to get involved in it. Of course he's aware. He doesn't get involved. Which means... You know, there's a famous, uh, I don't know how famous it is, but something that's said over that um, they even made, they made into a, a beautiful Yiddish song, and it's a very, very beautiful song. It has a very nice song. But uh, Tzadik who's walking along, he's a leaf that falls to the ground, and there's a worm, a little worm, and it turns out he asked why the leaf come. It's, 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 it's the, uh, the, the branch told him that the, the, the malach of the wind shook the branch, and the leaf had to come off, and, the Malach was sent by this Malach, was sent by the other Malach, Malachs and Kaychas and Malachim were going out over there. And the whole thing happened because there was a worm that was going on the ground. It was a very hot day out. And this whole thing happened so that the worm should have uh, some shelter from the heat. Rabbi said that goes against our Messiah. There's no such thing. There's no such <coughs> thing. That goes against the Messiah that Rabbi Sainu have given to us of how the system works of how malachim work, how kaychas work, hashkacha pratis, hashkacha klaus. Hashem is not interested in that worm. Hashem, the Rebbe is not going to send a malach to make this whole system so this worm should have, so that worm doesn't have hashkacha on it, that worm doesn't have bechira. That worm is one of billions of worms, Hashem is mashkiach, and the min of worms, but this specific worm, there's no hashkacha, there's no interest in that. The Rebbe is not manipulating the system to provide shelter to a worm which does not have hashkacha. This whole concept goes against the Messiah of how Amuna works, how the system works that Rabbi Sainu have given over says, okay, there's more things we need to speak out, but this is this is enough controversy for one day. And we will continue Rabbi Sai tomorrow. We'll wrap this up. Thank you for joining. Yeah, but Rabbi might not necessarily have been for the worm.